All right. Hey, Community Church, it's Jim. And Becca. And we are here with another episode of the podcast. And I just got to say, I'm excited to be back. I've been gone for two weeks. Um, so we had true. We had a baby. We had a third baby, Gina What's and her I. name? We welcomed Margo into the world. She is amazing. Our first two kids didn't sleep at all, and this one sleeps. And so I kind of feel like we won the baby lottery here for a second. <laughs> uh, Gina is recovering well, but it's just exciting to be back. But hey, I've gotten uh, to listen to the last couple of weeks, and that was just some really cool stories of all God is doing with Darcel and even Mark being on the podcast. And um, hey, I just got to pause and say, we're in a new series here at the church called Throwback, and we're going 1980. And this has been super fun. Uh, Rebecca, I think I learned something new about you this last Sunday in the outfit you chose to wear. You were way too comfortable in this outfit. I was I having say. so much fun. You know, let me just tell you, I have a love of fanny packs. Fanny packs? Fanny packs. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. I just really want them to make a serious comeback. And <laughs> you know, I mean that they're genuinely. They're handy. They're really I helpful. I mean, I didn't lose my keys. I didn't lose my phone this Sunday, and normally I place it down and I can't find it. Yep. But I'm telling you, I didn't lose it once. It was right it's there amazing. when it's I impressive. needed it. Why don't we have them? So, you know, the funny thing is actually my wife right now, her diaper bag is actually a new fanny pack that can go around your shoulder and you wear it That's across awesome. you, but it's totally just a fanny pack. And so they are coming back. I'm glad. Um, I'm so happy I'm to glad you're that. a trendsetter here <laughs> at the church. But hey, anyways, we're super excited. Hey, for the next few weeks in this podcast, we're going to have some conversations conversations with different people on our family ministries team. Cause we just want to, even as we're talking about holidays, thinking through family, we just want to talk with them about what's happening in today's kids in the world that they live in and how can we as parents and friends mm-hmm. and grandparents and aunts and uncles really help them through the season of life that they're going through. And so today we are starting with Taylor Childers, who is our student pastor. Boom. Yes. So Taylor's joining us. Welcome to the podcast. You know, Taylor, one of the first things I remember learning about you in college was that you Drove all the way to Alaska <laughs> two weeks before leaving drove for where? Africa. <laughs> where did you drive? Where did you drive from? Uh, doesn't really matter. Okay, I drove from Georgia, Georgia all the <laughs> way to Alaska. I was gone for twenty two days. Did wow. the car die was, once? The car. I mean, we had to definitely do uh, change the tires and oil. You know, oil change and I, that I kind heard. of stuff through it. But wow. I had this weird goal where. Before I was twenty one, I wanted to go to all fifty states. I love that. And it's and done. Alaska was it. Woo! That was so, the last one. Alaska was it. It was the last one. And so Dude, now I'm on a journey to get to all seven continents. And you're not there. And then if you can find a way to get me to Antarctica, yeah, so it will be this, official. There's this great plane service that I've heard about for those that want to go Delta. to the seventh continent. Nope. It's oh. a private plane. Anyway, I'm saving up for it. I'll be all honest. Right. And okay. next is the moon. So, hey, anyway, <laughs> uh, let's jump into this conversation, Taylor. Uh, we just want to talk really about, you know, students in today's world, what they're dealing with, what you see in them. You get to hang out with them a lot, yeah. being our student pastor here. And, you know, one of the terms you hear the most about um, just the name of this generation is Generation Z. Um, a lot of these students that just graduated here in the last couple of years and those students that are in high school now. But really, what is this generation? What is Generation Z? You know, is it Generation <laughs> Zombie? Is it Generation, uh, I don't know, another like Z word? Zebra. <laughs> Zebra, Zelda. I don't know. But anyway, what uh, what is Generation Z? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's Generation Z, it's um they're re- they're really fun. They're fascinating. It's like middle school, high school, it's in this world. So baby boomers, you know that term's if you grew up in the 50s mm-hmm. and the 60s yep. and Gen X is what it's called for the 70s. I am a millennial, a proud mm. millennial. The millennials that get a yep. bad rap a they lot get of the time. The worst uh, rap of all time. But anyway, so that's the uh that's 80s to 2000. And if you were born after 2000, 
to the present day, you are technically a Gen Z. So the people I work with are right there. They are incredibly diverse, a very diverse group. And fun fact about them, they are the most ethnically, racially, religiously diverse Mm. generation right now in all of the United States that cover a a big chunk, 40% of our current population. Wow. That's really interesting. United States. That's amazing. Okay, so thanks for explaining just who we are, who the Generation Z is. What are some of these lies or misconceptions or even negative connotations that we put on the Generation Gen Z or that we're believing today, especially as as, as older people? What does that look like? Yeah, I'm guessing you're going to have to say cell phone because I think I always hear a cell phone mentioned by the Generation Z or... They definitely, yeah, they definitely, a lot of digital technology, it's in their hands, but even a backstory to back it up. So Gen Z, just to give you a little context, they grew up with their families, parents in recession, and yep. a lot of um, the stereotypical, like the nuclear family is was is not necessarily intact, and it's kind of changed a little mm. bit from like how maybe we grew up or generations before us, and so broken homes divorces, dysfunction, and if they didn't feel it themselves, then maybe their friends have, and so right. if they didn't experience firsthand... But they've seen it. They've seen it on the internet, and um, or if they haven't experienced it, so there's a little hesitancy with them, um, a little reservation because they've just seen a lot, like a, a brokenness in the world and a little dis um, difference in the way they were just grew up and raised, and so they're kind of anticipating um, the next blow a little bit, and and so with this, it comes a lot of you hear a lot in this generation about anxiety. Yeah. That it's a kind of an epidemic, and, mm-hmm. and you see it with with Gen Z all over the place. Not just with them, but just I mean, just people in general, kind of like even right now. But it's specifically with them. A lot of it's from their phone. A lot of it's from or, or from the world they grew up. A lot's from their phone. But their worldview, it's getting rocked, and um, yeah. they've they've seen hard stuff, and they are they're constantly connected, which you know can be cool, but a lot of it's through their phones yeah. and through the world that they see and right. um, just a lot of the scrolling. And so that's definitely contributed to a lot of just their worldview of being sure. like, oh man, like what's going on in the world yeah. here right now? And uh, with social media, it's a huge thing that I am constantly dealing with. Or yeah, because these students have always had that. It's not something that came when they were in college, but it's what yeah, they, they grew up literally it. grew up on this platform. And that term is like digital native, right? Yes. I've heard that term. Digital native. And so what they do there is that... Their lives are constantly, or a, a, a version of their life, are constantly just put out there for the world to see. And so mm. there's all the the pressures of of, of image and, and mm. performing and creating a certain um, persona of what you're like, and mm. um, way more than even us and my right. generation. Yeah. And, it, and for, it looks like all of the people around them, the, all their friends on this platform, that they're killing it um, because they see a version what they think is reality. Mm-hmm. So they they have a hard time sometimes of thinking like what's real, what's not real. Yeah. Comparisons are really hard. Yeah. Yes. Image is a real thing. And there's a project, there's a projection of being perfect mm-hmm. that they see that yep. they experience that they do. And with that world, there's just a lot of pressure Yeah, that they are like under so much pressure yeah. just because of the world around them how they grew up and that they have to kind of be a hero and overcome, but also the social media, the digital world that they see, there's just a lot of pressure to have to be something and to get famous and get TikTok famous. Yeah. Um, And just to try to become, and so there's all this that they keep on themselves. And so a verse that I feel like I've said over and over and over that I didn't think I'd share as much to my students is in first Peter five, seven, it's, you know, cast all your cares or your anxiety on me Mm -hmm. um, because he cares for you. Because they take it on themselves. Yeah. There's just a lot of weight. And so what this generation yeah. needs is they just need a lot of grace. And yeah. um, because they aren't 
gracious to themselves sure. and they hold themselves to like unrealistic barometer and so yeah. they just need a break yeah and for us to give them i know you've seen that a lot and it makes me really ha- i mean i have so much empathy when you hear it like that and totally what i've heard barna research group which is this amazing company mm-hmm. that has a ton of research they've done a lot of study on this generation z and one of the things they talk about is the dichotomy of extremes that these kids live in is what creates a lot of the stress like they are actually the safest generation because of medicine and all these things, mm-hmm. happy days, but they're yet the most fearful generation as well. And so when they have these things that just don't make sense, or they're the most connected because of the digital age they live in, but also the most lonely generation. Mm-hmm. So there's these opposing forces that are working within them that create sure. this stressful lifestyle yeah. because they feel they know they're safe, but they feel fearful. They know they're connected, but they feel lonely. And so it's this constant it's, they're never settled. Does that make sense? And I think that's just what this research points to is like, we've got to help them find this, this safety. I feel like a lot of times with this generation, mm. they can have a safe place to be just who they are instead of the tension in the world around them. It's the other thing is like, yeah, on the online, they see so much that we never even knew about was happening around the world growing up. Right. But now it's constantly in front of them. That's yep. just what creates this fear. Yet they're actually the safest generation there ever was. And so, I know the cell phone thing gets a bad rap too because they're constantly on it. But I do, Taylor, I even just want you to flip that a little bit to talk about not only these the the bad things or you know the the negative thoughts in them, but really what's the powerful things? Because a lot of these things that are working, we think against them are actually right. preparing right. them to really change this world. Absolutely. Yeah. Cause I mean with phones, of course, it's like it's forcing them to like actually disconnect from like the actual experience that's like right around them and being present. But like you said, that there is some things on the flip side, like because they have, they're constantly connected. They have a ton of information, yeah. and so That's they true. they're brilliant yeah. actually, and um, they they've read it or scrolled through it or yeah. watched it, um, which creates in them just um, there's a drive in them because they see all this other world around them. So they're so driven to become and to perform. Um, they they make better grades. They make better grades than I did, <laughs> than I do. And so they're trying to. They're constantly competing with other people to try to make better grades than than their friends, and they get into the schools. And so the pressures are higher. I mean, yeah. and social pressures are really really high. And um, another thing too is because they they have access to a lot of different worldviews. Mm-hmm. They are they're more open to new ideas. Yeah, mm, I like that. Uh, and they're not as they're comfortable with both sides. You know, they're. They're not as stuck maybe as I was or that we are in different generation of like, oh, this is just how we were raised mentality. And so then you become, as you get older, you're like, well, this is just how it is. And they're like, they've just seen a lot of people do it well, but also a lot of people do it very poorly. So they're like very open to how people express themselves. And, and so they are more, um, they, they're, they're really authentic mm-hmm. and they see, like, they just see people in their authenticity because they, they know what's fake because they can see what's fake. And so they just yeah. are, at least are driven to be more authentic yeah. and recognize that. And, um, I feel like in my conversations, it's like, they're always wanting the real thing. I want into mm-hmm. the real part mm-hmm. of this thing or the realness yeah. of it or something like that. I don't know if you can speak to that anymore. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, even what, with what we do, what I try to do is like, you know, back in, you know, old church world, you just kind of like, you do the stand, like the program and yeah. you just kind of do with like what's on paper yeah. and go through the motions. And, and what I'm like learning from them is like, they just want me to be me and they just yeah. want like the real thing. And yeah. they just like scratch that. the program, scratch what you feel, think makes sense and what's on paper and just like come and just like be my authentic self mm-hmm. because they're in a world of performing and pro- projecting what's fake. And so they're just like, mm-hmm. let's just, how can we just cut all the, the stuff, the crap, and just, like, be, yeah, yeah 
authentic. Yeah, that's what I've even heard about this generation. You know, they're the most set up um, to really change this world, even for the gospel, and to evangelize because of that diversity they grew up in. You know, a lot of yeah. older generations, you grew up around people that believed exactly what you believed, yeah. looked like what you looked like. But because these pe- these kids are growing up in a diverse place, they're able to find common ground with anyone. Like, because it's always around them, they can find, hey, we can at least relate on this. We may disagree on this, but Mm -hmm. we're okay. They're okay with the gray because they can find the common um, understanding. And that's really what's going to set them up to share the gospel even so much more because they can relate to people. Whereas older, it was like, older generations, even ours, was going, if you don't believe what I believe, I don't even know how to engage in conversation with you because we're so extremes. Because they live in the middle, which I think a lot of times they get in trouble for. You know, Mm -hmm. like, why are you in the gray? And a lot of times I know I've seen parents get frustrated with their kids because they're not living in this black or white world. Mm-hmm. But I think we just have to realize the world they've grown up up in isn't it's not just so clear. It's a little muddy. <laughs> you know, yes. it's a little uh gray and they're trying but they can use that to connect with other people okay. and then be able to share the gospel. So actually, I feel like they're even better set up to, to evangelize than even some so of true. our older generations just because of the diversity they grew up in. Mm-hmm. Absolutely, absolutely. Yeah. Very comfortable with that and um, like he said, like there's the pros and cons. There's part of it where they 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 they're kind of a um, they're just open to the ideas, and they're just like it might make us uncomfortable if we come across somebody that has a different viewpoint, or like we don't really know what to do with. Or in our old theology, there's just no space for you. But sure. they're like, okay, well, this person exists, so you know how do we how do we come across this? How do we approach this? Mm-hmm. Um, and so it's like they're they go a lot farther in the conversation. Yeah. They have the potential to, mm-hmm. but then yeah. like he said, some of the danger of that is because getting in the gray sometimes it's like well what is truth then yeah. you know uh, it, so sometimes mm-hmm. it's they get kind of caught up in like the the absolute truth versus the, like you know relativism because yeah. and they're and sometimes they're kind of afraid to take a stance yeah um and because they've like we said they, they've seen people take stances really poorly yeah. right and and not take stances like hey this is what i believe is truth but also i just want to be someone that has a lot of grace yeah. and invite you into a conversation instead of like hey let's just blame and accuse and so they're like well if i take a stance here of this was what's true mm-hmm. that means like i don't know how to relate to any mm-hmm. anybody else's mm-hmm. which is not necessarily what jesus did sure um but this is what they've seen mirrored or modeled yeah. right. and so they're totally. kind of confused of like do I take a stance? Sure. Do I believe what's true? Or do like, is there even a truth? Yeah. So. Which they could look, it almost paralyzes them, I feel like, to agree it at times. And as leaders or as adults, you know, we look at that and sometimes I feel like we won't trust them with authority because we don't trust they're going to make the right decision mm. because it's not going to look like ours. And I think that's, that's what it's really yeah, up to us really as the good. older generation to go, no, you're gonna how you're going to do it's going to look very different from how we've done right. it or what it's been done. But we really are trusting God has created y'all for a purpose for a time like this mm-hmm. to utilize your giftings and your experience to spread the message of Jesus. I Does just that think, make sense? Yeah, I think that's awesome. You know, I think it goes to the great next question here of how do we help this generation? You know, as, yeah, It's on us. Isn't I, it? <laughs> yeah, or as parents, as teachers, as people in our community that are leading community groups or have young people in our lives, aunts and uncles, with the Gen Z generation – what do they need to hear from us, Taylor? And what what are they starving for? What can we give them in this moment in time? That's good. That's good. And it's a good question. <laughs> and, uh, I, <laughs> I mean, know. It's what I think about. I stab at it and kind of like what my approach is every time I'm like going to a school or, you know, on a Sunday or whenever I'm like coming across this generation is to be authentic. So I'd say authenticity, mm-hmm. um, not fake, relationship. They just they just need people that are not necessarily giving them all this information, but just like, hey, I, I care. I'm right here. Mm-hmm. So authenticity relationship and I'd say mobilizing their voice. Yeah. 
They, what does that look like? They are a generation mean? that um, they just need to be there. They have a lot of potential. And mm-hmm. instead of us kind of raging on them mm-hmm. um, and just kind of like accusing them, oh, you're the this generation. You yeah. just always have your cell yeah. phones. Yeah. Um, but to kind of flip it and just be like, hey, I'm I'm someone to that. I believe in you. Like, I think yeah. what they really need to hear is that they're capable yeah. and not just blowing smoke because like yeah. they are. Yeah. Like they're so very good. capable. And for you to just be like, I'm on your team. I'm proud of you. It's not all on you because mm-hmm. they take so much on themselves mm-hmm. um, and invite them. I mean, it's easy for us to just kind of like, well, we're older. They don't know better. They're in the gray. They yeah. don't know the truth. They don't have an opinion. Um, instead, you know, what they need is like for you to invite them to the table. Yes. For you to ask them what they think yeah. and actually like listen yeah. um, and let them fail yeah. and love them anyway yeah. because they have no idea how to fail and they don't let themselves do that at all. And they are just mm. constantly thinking, watching people do that all over the world in social yeah. media and everyone just gets bashed for it. And yeah. so they're like, yeah, they don't know how fail. to do that. And they're scared to death of that. So. Which mm. is, they need grace. Yeah. And to be honest with you, as you're talking, I just think it sounds a lot like Jesus. He mm. brought the 12 around him. Yep. He did life with them. He was authentic. He like I, everything you're saying. I'm just thinking about how Jesus walked on earth. Yeah, right. He did. It, he said, "Come follow me." It's not like he had them. Okay, do you know the truth? Do you totally. have this re- relativity yeah. versus that? Like he didn't have all those conversations. He literally was like, "Hey, you're some fishermen. I see you. Your voice. I want to make you a fisherman." Called them out for who they were and believed in them, yep. and then invited them along the journey. Yep. I love that. It was so consistent. Inviting them to the table, mm-hmm. let them be a part of it because they're not the babies anymore, and they're not going to mess it all up. We yeah. need to trust yeah. them. For sure. That's cool. And they, I mean, they have like, and they have really good opinions and kind of what you're just saying, like for us to like walk mm-hmm. alongside of them and then just embrace their drive for, you know, for yeah. purpose. And yeah. when they have questions and when they have doubts, it's easy for us to just jump on them. But for us to, how to like respond and not judge and condemn really, really quick. Yeah. And for them to just mm-hmm. to be reminded that Christ, what he did, he was, he cared so much about relationship and he cared enough about us, but for, about them to meet them like right where they are. Yeah. That's cool. That's what they need. That's awesome. Hey, I, I would love to keep this conversation going. I love this topic, uh, but you know, we're kind of out of time today. So Taylor, Hey, thanks so much for what you're doing this generation. Mm-hmm. I've loved to watch you mobilize their potential and empower them and really give them a voice and a place at the table. And so, Hey Taylor, the thing we ask every guest, we've gotten a <laughs> lot of different response from this, but just a chance for everybody who's listening to get to know you a little more, Taylor. Um, this does not have to be spiritual, but Ooh. what is your favorite thing right now? Favorite thing of all time, right this moment? <laughs> yeah. I w- okay. Uh, I would say maybe Dwight Schrute from The Office. Okay. And I realized in a lot of my messages and sermons, I'm starting to talk like him, which is oh, <laughs> interesting. Which is kind of scary. So for everybody out there, The Office, an amazing uh, sitcom that was on TV yeah, they, for years. They Dwight say was an incredible character. It is this generation Seinfeld. Uh, believe it or not, oh, I don't wow. know. I don't know who quoted that. Already, I'd say that, or I'm somewhat obsessed with coffee. I'm yeah, in denial true. to go Some all the way. And how so much coffee? Yeah, we determined how much you drink a day today. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's no, we, it's a lot of <laughs> oh, coffee. Gosh. But they is a, there's a brand new wake up. That's um, true. There that is they, a brand new wake up. Um, on St. Simon's. Yeah. And there's a kid's corner over there. And my That's daughter awesome. just stays Aww. there. And so it's an excuse for me to hang out at coffee shops for That's a lot cool. longer. Hey, so shout out to Wake Up Coffee. We love them and that crew. And uh, Dwight, you know, actually, I got called Dwight from The Office if I was a character in The Office. And it really offended me. Yeah, I can see it. But I'm, oh. I'm starting to warm up to the guy. I mean, he <laughs> created Everyone atmospheres and he was a leader. <laughs> he was a leader. He just was kind of a jerk sometimes. And hopefully, 
hopefully that's not, I'm not that part. I'm just the cool part. So anyway, uh, super excited you guys joined us today. This has been a lot of fun jumping into this conversation. Yes, it has been. Thanks again for joining us, Taylor. I love your insight. Wow. I, I feel like I learned so much just on how to communicate with the Generation Z. So thank you. Okay, again, guys, it's it for today. But please share this podcast with your friends, with people that you know would really enjoy this content. Hey, if you have other friends who are parents of young kids and or have Generation Z kids in their home, like share this with them. Let's like make sure our people are hearing this podcast with this awesome content. So again, thank you for joining us for this conversation and we hope you have a great week. So we'll see you next week. See ya.